Hi everyone and welcome to episode 153 of Final Fantasy Union. I'm your host Daryl and I'm here with Lauren. Hello guys. How are we today Lauren? I'm so great. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Lauren's no. been taking some happy pills. No. For... No, she's not. We, no, we just like worked out like all of the food that we, we have We have today. the good endorphins in us. Oh yes. Ready to hit this podcast in so the face yes. in the face yes. and we have a really cool topic today i've actually put in the outline it's the music that drives us but actually <laughs> so basically we're going to be talking about final fantasy music yes and we're going to be covering a multitude of topics in this so we're not just going to be talking about the music we're going to be talking about the stuff like what inspired us to get into interested in the music who are some co- composers that we like outside of uematsu what do we think about final fantasy 15 and the future of the music Loads of fun topics, and mm. hopefully you guys enjoy our, our many, many discussions that we're going to have. We're going to have so many discussions. We are. You're going to be discussed out of your ears holes. I, it's, a, it's a topic I'm very, very passionate about, it, and you, you are, are too, actually. I am, yeah. Even think... though you don't think you are, you are very passionate about it. No, I mean, like, I, I obviously, I don't listen to music as a critic uh, quite as Daryl does. I listen to it more as an artist like a dancer and that sort of thing so i am more um i'm more moved by music through the inspiration that it creates by the dance move which is why real emotion is actually one of lauren's favorite tracks because there's a <laughs> dance number that goes along with it yep i actually did learn the dance though oh, dear uh, Lord. way back when well is this something you want to admit oh hey i was a young impressionable little girl i was there Target. You were like 15. That could be young in some <laughs> countries. <laughs> I was impressionable still, you know? And so, yeah, I, I bought into the girl power of uh, Final Fantasy X-2. I, for, for the reference here, I did not learn the dance routine. Although, to be honest, oh, you probably did. with the songstress style, it, it wasn't really much of a dance routine, was it? Let's be honest. It's basically just her just standing still, twiddling around a mic stand. There was some dancing in there. And then whenever she wasn't dancing, I was trying to be pain. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there's <laughs> there's worse role models. It's true. She is pretty badass. There's LeBlanc. That's <laughs> or um whatever the Orim and Logos, Lagos, Logos, yeah, whatever yeah. their names were. They're they're not Ormi. Great role models. Oh, um, so yeah, uh, we're gonna dive into that in a second. But before we do, I must remind everyone that Final Fantasy Union is part of a podcast series called Final Fantasy. And Kingdom Hearts Union, and it's presented by the Gaming Union Network. We have a new show every Tuesday, working rotation with Kingdom Hearts Union, and we come on the iTunes Store as well as FinalFantasyUnion.com. And now, Lauren is going to run through our wonderful Patreon supporters who have pledged two dollars fifty or more for the privilege of having their names read out for all you lovely people. Am I doing it by myself? Well, I mean, that's up to you. Okay, I want to do it. I, I accept your challenge. All right, so we got. Barry Norton at Nortron Zero, Christian Burge, Lewis James, Satria Jaya Sudharma at Satria 625 Rubin, Tyson Wildman at Ty Wildman 1, Blue Machine at Blue Machine, Chris Morales, Eric Decker at Choco Taco, Harley Crawley at Dark Said Tio Kami, Jonathan Gonzalez at Oh, It's Just Johnny, Josh McNabb at J2K9, Michael Graham, Thorin Bullen at Massacre 23, Zach Duranto at Zed Duranto 58, Brian McArdle at Darth Brain 92, William Trengove at Varnus the Azure, Billy Jackson at underscore Billy Jackson, Darren Matthews at Doomster 73, Joseph Robertson at Pokemon Trader J, Keith Field at The Mighty Keith, 
Mario Herker, Mike Shirley Donnelly at Curious Quail, Muhammad Quayam, Nico Gonzalez at Nick underscore Neck 95, Winkle the Bernie Bro at the underscore Bernie underscore Bro, Rachel Casterton at Urbion Ray, Vitanitas, Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels, Zach Porter at Porter Paradox, John McRae, Marcus Karnecki, and Miles Ribbons. Congratulations, Lawrence. Yeah! I think you deserve a round of applause for that. Oh, thank you so much. I would like to thank um, all of my public speaking officials that have helped me to get into the And all of the supporters who have helped you to read such a long list. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys make my job very fun. And (laughs) we do also have a new Patreon supporters episode. I'm not too sure how you'd say it, but I'm guessing it's Seal. Yeah, it's C-I-E-L. Not Seal like the the pop singer. Could be. It could be, but it's not. But please let us know if we are pronouncing your name right. Or wrong. Or wrong. Yeah. Probably, probably, probably if, wrong. if it's wrong, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> let us know if we're pronouncing it wrong. Okay, Lawrence. Okay, so, girls. music in Final Fantasy. Yes. Now, I've got a bit of a spiel I'm going to run through here, so I'm sorry. Oh, it's a bit of a monologue. A I do ha- I'd like to set the scene. You like your it's, spiel. It's the one of the things that I, I kind of enjoy, scene setting. Yes. So, I mean, obviously, everyone listening to this knows that Final Fantasy music is a massive thing. Um, and I'd say that, like... Video game music has has kind of permeated into popular culture, but whereas with like Mario, Sonic, and Zelda, I think it's more isolated pieces of music from those franchises. Like I can't mm. imagine there being a, a Sonic concert, for example. Although I would say that there is plenty of music from Sonic games that is mm. really memorable, especially from the first three and like Sonic Adventure and stuff. They have obviously the vocal tracks, but like Mario, everyone kind of knows like those initial Mario tracks. Zelda, everyone knows like the Zelda theme. But, like, although there has been a Zelda concert, I feel that Final Fantasy has become basically the poster boy for, for video game music. Mm-hmm. And there's kind of the concerts that are happening, like Play, you've got Video Games Live. And as I said, there has been a Zelda concert as well. And I'm sure there's been some Mario concerts in Japan. Possibly. But it's Final Fantasy that's kind of taken things to, like, the next level. And actually, the first Final Fantasy concert took place in 1989. Really? Yeah. When I was born. Yeah, there was there was a concert um, that was for... it was I think it was from, like, a limited lo- limited audience, but it was for the tracks of Final Fantasy 1 and 2. It's called the Symphonic Suite, Final Fantasy wow. Symphonic Suite. Um, and it actually has some awesome tracks on this. If you haven't checked that out, definitely check it out on YouTube. It has a really... like Some of the arrangements of the original Final Fantasy tracks are amazing. And I know we kind of talk about how... Uematsu must feel listening to his music now when he's like listening to the Distant Worlds concerts or Final Symphony. But like back then, when he was writing his music for the NES, yeah. and then hearing it like played by like the the Tokyo Philharmonic or whoever did it at that time, must have been absolutely mind blowing. Yeah, because I mean that wasn't that far off from when uh, the original Final Fantasy. No, it was like were. the year that Final Fantasy two released. Yeah, I think, or the year which after. Which is crazy to think. Because yeah, the franchise obviously started in. 87 yeah but yeah so i mean obviously since then um distant worlds has become basically a global franchise arnie roth the Uematsu kind of tour the world doing concerts everywhere i mean mm-hmm. there have been tons of them in london i mean they happen all across america they happen even in australia obviously japan i think there's been some in south america now and mm-hmm. uh, obviously other parts of europe they're they're basically everywhere and they've obviously just announced the next wave of distant worlds concerts too i mean they've been i think the first distant worlds concert was in like 2004 so they've been going like 13 years now playing like i don't know 12 
16 20 shows a year yeah it's it's all quite, over the world yeah, and and the thing is that people aren't getting bored of it either no like they're continuing to do it it's not like distant worlds concerts aren't selling out or like they're struggling to find people to there's listen always to. like new fans always yeah. new people and every single time they do them in the uk like they just sell outs yeah. they can sell out their royal apple hall which is crazy it's like three thousand people yeah there's so many people who um we know who you know they they come from all over the country and this is where they can meet up with everybody with all of their friends i mean obviously um from, from their perspective uh, it has expanded into a new world which is mm. more of like a intimate concert so it, instead of being the massive orchestra it's only like 20 people they have a couple of violinists uh, like a pianist um and you have like arnie roth and uematsu who do their duet um, but then obviously you have um, Final Symphony, the the guys um, who obviously do um, symphonic fantasies as well. They they do, whereas uh, Distant Worlds is more of a traditional arrangement. So it's basically an orchestration of the original tracks. Final Symphony is more of a, it's like a full arrangement, a reimagining. They turn them into mm-hmm. passages. So each game gets like five or six tracks kind of blended into one, one kind of story, let's mm-hmm. say. And then there's obviously the piano operas too. And then more recently, there's a concert that happened last October in Germany, uh, I think it was in Cologne, called Dreams of Zanarkand, which was actually the first time in Europe that a concert had been dedicated solely to a single game, Mm -hmm. which of course in this instance was Final Fantasy X. So yeah, I mean, based on all of that, I mean, the fact that there are so many Final Fantasy concerts taking place, especially from a classical perspective, there's arrangements everywhere. I think it's one of the most arranged franchises from from a remix perspective. Yeah, it has to be. Because, I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? There's not really um, themes that... I mean, there are themes that carry on between each Final Fantasy, but it's not like Mario where it's just like um, the occasional redone version of the Mario theme or like Zelda where it's the redone version of the Zelda theme. It's like they're proper new tracks for new characters well, yeah, I mean, and stuff. There's very few tracks that carry over between the games. You've got like exactly. maybe the Moogle theme, the Chocobo theme... Clash on the Big Bridge seems to be like reimagined quite a lot, yeah. but outside of that, the only other ones like the Final Fantasy theme, like yeah. very few. Final Fantasy Nine had a couple of odes to the original Final Fantasy, yeah. but, but most of the time, yeah, it's completely fresh every single track. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, obviously the the music in Final Fantasy is pretty special. Um, it's impacted Laura and I in in numerous ways, but. I think the first question I kind of want to discuss or the first topic is kind of what what was it that made you finally pay attention to the music? Because obviously, like, um, we diff- we had different entry points into the franchise yeah. uh, and each tra- each game has, like, 100 pieces of music. Yeah. So what was the track that kind of made you, I guess, become more aware of the music? Because obviously, um, with video games, they all have music yeah. uh, and... I mean, I never really paid too much attention to the music before mm-hmm. before my kind of op- eye-opening moment. But kind of like what for you was was your track that kind of made you think, wow, like this music is something else? To be honest, I mean, like Final Fantasy VIII was just so great for music. Like there's so much that was really good about the soundtrack of VIII. But like the thing that sort of pushed me over the edge was the extreme from Final Fantasy VIII. Like honestly, that song just got me going i was so just enthralled with that whole battle between uh you and ultimessia and um 
just oh that whole sequence I was just so sold on it and um yeah that was probably the first one that I like looked into and wanted to listen to over and over again because I just loved it so much but I mean ever since then I've been I've I've w- listened to a load of of Final Fantasy VIII tracks and it's not even my favorite of all of the tracks but that's probably the one that set me off on everything I mean, for me, uh, I mean, Final Fantasy VII was my entry point into the franchise. And, and while the, a lot of the music was memorable, I, I never really got kind of drawn into it. Like, um, I think it obviously has the recognition as being one of the greatest soundtracks of all time. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I, I would very much go along with that. There's so many great pieces of music in there, but I, none of it really influenced me if that makes sense like i appreciate them as as pieces of gaming music that i was was driving me on in the game but yeah. none of it made me kind of just pay extra attention like i never had that do you think a part of it has to do with the quality of it well no because i mean because I, I mean like tifa's theme sounds incredible when it's not in the game <laughs> well i mean like i've said numerous times with final fantasy 7 i of course had the unique experience oh, of running yeah. it through a different sound yeah, set. Yeah, so you did have a different So yeah, my, anyway. my experience with Final Fantasy was slightly different. And, you know, I'm not saying that the music didn't affect me. It's just that it didn't it didn't influence me in any way. Mm. Whereas when I played Final Fantasy VIII, no, I played the demo for Final Fantasy VIII, and anyone who played the demo knows that there was the, the track that played in the demo was the landing, but it was a different track than was in the final game. Uh, and when I was playing the final game... Um, I I basically when when the uh, shortly after the the kind of cutscene that plays when you're going over the sea and the moon mm. and you land on the beach and you're just about to kind of run uh into the the square bit like you're just going up the steps yeah. of the beach I for some reason I just kind of got hit mm. by by the music it just kind of I don't know what was about it. I don't know what really did it but I just kind of just I just didn't care about the game yeah. I, I just stopped playing and I just yeah. kind of stood there and <laughs> listened to it. Yeah, I just listened to it and I. It's the. I mean, dun, 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 yeah, dun, dun, dun. basically at that it's point, so yeah, and because obviously there, it, it loops around that point as yeah. well. But it was, I mean, back then, like the, the the there was no concept of listening to the music in any other way other than the game. Mm. You couldn't. I mean, I wasn't aware of. I mean, I wasn't old enough to like. It, my parents wouldn't have let me import stuff from Japan. Yeah. Um. And like YouTube or anything like that didn't exist. The best, nah. the best you could hope for was MIDI files, which yeah. someone would have had to recreate. But the game was so new that no one would have done that yet. And uh, so I basically, my only option was to have my kind of crappy TV playing the music on repeat, and I yeah. would just and I and it kind of influenced me to the point where I just I started trying to learn it. Mm. I, I just I'd never done that before with any kind of piece of video game music. Uh, I I was never really. I had a, I had a keyboard, but I, it was never really something I played too with with much interest. Yeah. Like I had an interest in music, but not to the point where I, yeah, I just kind of dabbled. Uh, I learned like different pieces of music, but never really too seriously. But with this, I just kind of like I have to learn how to play this. Yeah, and I was so driven that I I taught how myself how to play with two hands. Um, and then like a couple of months later, I even decided I was going to take a GCSE in music <laughs> because I just, I, it, it, yeah, like it, that track just made me so passionate about music for some reason that it just really drove me. And I started taking like music lessons more seriously. Um, and all because that track just kind of made, it just turned something yeah. in my mind for, for whatever reason. It's weird because like 
I feel like the music of Final Fantasy is the easiest way to revisit the emotions that you feel of the game without actually having to replay it. Because, like, I mean, there's so many times where I just want to go back and just listen to certain tracks that happen in certain moments. I mean, just recently we were listening to the Final Fantasy X, um, uh, what was Salt. it? Uh, Dreams of Xanarkand. Oh, yeah, yeah. The concert. We were actually, concert. Checking, the we're actually yeah. con- checking it out. And uh, I mean, The Assault, yeah, that is just such a great track. And you just sort of revisit all those emotions that you had when you were thinking about, oh my God, what... What's going on? Like, can we just fight this thing so that we can get to, um, so that we can save Yuna from Seymour, so we can defeat Seymour and that sort of thing? Like, you just sort of get pumped again. And, um, yeah, it's just really cool how, how effective the music was. So, I mean, obviously, one of the big components of the music was, uh, Uematsu, even though we just talked about a track that Hamwazu actually did. Um, so, like, what do you, what do you feel, was it about the way that Uematsu composed his music that, that kind of made it just get ingrained in your mind? Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, like, as I said, the the music in Final Fantasy VII, like, I paid attention to it, like, I was listening to it, but I never really paid too much attention to it. It was it was video game music. Um, I, I wasn't too bothered with music at that point. Uh, but, like, if you played me a track of music, even after, what, like, 20 years now, I, I can pretty much tell you where it played. Yeah. And I could tell I could probably hum along to it. Yeah, I think for me, it was just like the emotion that came from certain tracks, like um, the extreme, there is a lot of emotion there, because it is the final battle. And it starts off so slowly and gently, and then it just leaps right into this heavy, like, bass track that is just pumping, and you really just want to fight. And, um, but then there's other tracks like the Final Fantasy VII main theme, which I only really probably started to love with and really appreciate in the last like five years or so. How lovely that is! It's just so it's so there's emotional. So much, there's so much emotion in it, and I think that is the thing with um, Uematsu is that he really captured the emotions that you need to feel in the game at that particular moment. He he made this the music feel he made the music have something in it that just caused you to feel something and um and whether it's something that he felt himself when he was composing it um it might have been but like he just really was a a very talent he, he is a very talented artist in how he is able to convey emotion through music I think the the thing that makes it interesting for me is that if throughout all of his soundtracks, there are kind of similar themes in terms of the instrumentation he uses and he loves kind of funny characteristic uh, instruments, but the soundtracks themselves are so different. Like you compare Final Fantasy 8 to 7, they, yeah. are, they are very, very different. Yeah. Obviously 8 was when they were starting to get into the point where they could use more realistic sounding instruments. They were starting to move away from the kind of MIDI that they'd previously had and more kind of static sounds. But, I mean, and obviously with 8 as well, it was the first time they'd really started using orchestrated music. So they had the Berry Fatale, um, Eyes on Me was obviously in there as the vocal track, which added a whole new dimension to things because Mm. like Final Fantasy VII, none of the music affected me emotionally. I wouldn't really say, whereas Eyes on Me, you know, that had me bawling, bawling my eyes out when it no. played in space. And like, I just, I'd never really thought a game could even affect me in that way. Like, I I, I mean, movies, I just didn't, 
that nothing made me kind of I didn't cry at like Disney films or, or anything like that but I think that was the first time where a piece of entertainment really affected me mm. and it was because of the eyes on me musical uh, like underlay that was happening at that moment yeah yeah no it's funny you should say about music because I or sorry about vocal tracks because I really feel like Sudiki Dana was the first one that I really sort of oh, man, felt like, yeah. so emotional about like Sudiki Dana was just such a it was unexpected and it was just so lovely like I love the fact that they kept it in the traditional exactly Japanese. and I think that's the thing that like they've lost touch with especially mm. in the more recent games because once they made that decision with leona lewis they kind of lost touch with what it was that these tracks were about it yeah. was it was and the what, fact that why people loved them. yeah and it was the fact that they were composed with the whole with the whole thing in mind like yeah. especially in like eight nine and ten the vocal tracks were ingrained with the soundtrack they were consistent throughout and after 10 after kind of umatsu stepped away they just lost that completely yeah i mean 12 the vocal track is done by umatsu but there's no relation whatsoever to the rest of the soundtrack the same with 13 and the same with 15 i mean you could even like argue with um final fantasy 14's answers like that really sort of um that that again will capture the thing of the game like the thing of the story 11 had it too and you know, it's going back to that and it was just so lovely. And then you get to 15 and I I don't want to harp on 15, obviously, but like you just think about the fact that like 15 went with Florence and the Machines, Stand By Me. I mean, I know for some people like that was a great track, but for me, I just felt like it was a bit of a cop out because I was so looking forward to something by Yoko Shimomura that would have like further compelled me to care about what was going on in the story and um well, further I mean, somnus, solidify something. Somnus should have been the vocal track. Exactly. I think that that is probably the closest thing to a, a track that I think would associate with Final Fantasy fifteen. And um But then the problem was that because I mean we're not gonna we can talk about fifteen now. Yeah. Um the problem with Somnus is that it was written so long ago that it had borne no relation to the rest of the soundtrack. And that's really. true. And that's a completely true. And um, it's really a shame because Somnus is such a lovely, a lovely song. Um, but either way, yeah, I mean, with with the games, I I just loved the Japanese tracks. I mean, I didn't even mind. Re- I, I didn't mind if they if they did do them in English, just as long as it was the original track. No, because obviously Eyes on Me was done in English by Fei yeah. Wong. Um, that was Final Fantasy lovely. Nine Melodies of Life was done in English. Although, also, I mean, I know it wasn't. It was. It wasn't Uematsu who did Thousand Words, was it? No. No, I loved that. Um, the that en- was yeah. The thousand ending words credits was one. Oh, that was lovely. Um, I cried probably, during that concert as well. <laughs> but yeah, so bad. Bless you. Um, but yeah, I I just um, I think Uematsu just has a gift. He has a really really strong gift. Not that nobody else has it. Well, I mean, but like, I think that's he, the thing to do it for so long with Final Fantasy Thirteen. Um, the the vocal track that was composed by Hamwazu. So it was supposed to be Uematsu that was going to do it, but then he had to step away to do 14. So Hamawazu stepped up. Obviously, he was the composer of 13. So he was able to compose a piece of music that... And it was, was ca- great. Yeah. Like, but, but they decided to cut it out for the marketing gimmick with Leona Lewis. And- it was just so great. Like, both of those songs that they made for that game were so good. And I love them. And they cut them. And they cut them. 
Well, even, yeah, even the one with the fireworks. Yeah. Like, they just cut, like, what the hell? Oh, Westerners don't want to hear games with Japanese lyrics in them. That's the whole reason why you buy a Japanese RPG. Like, Persona obviously don't give a crap. Like, they just don't care. They, they'll put in a ton of Japanese songs. Yeah. But... Final and like, Fantasy, I see, like, for um, some we're, like Zero yeah. from Type Zero, they kind yeah. of left in, and that was great. Yeah, and that's what I was kind of hoping for when um, Tabata took over the project. I was hoping maybe he would do some of that, but yeah. I guess the marketing kind of yeah. got the better. And of that's them. the problem, isn't it? It's, it's all about the marketing now. They don't necessarily think about what's best for the game. I know. I mean, yeah, there will be the, the argument about Florence and the Machine saying, "Oh, it, it's it is great for the relationship yeah. between the characters," but it wasn't written for that. No. It wasn't written for Noctis. Granted, the original Stand By Me wasn't actually written for the movie Stand By Me. I think it was written well before. But, like, yeah, I just think that was just such a bad, such a bad comparison. Especially considering the fact that Stand By Me was released a long time ago. And probably the newer generation of Final Fantasy players have not watched that so basically like our our thing is that we feel uematsu is so special because he was able to to kind of connect Mm. the tracks to moments in time and create um yeah i guess connections to to, like the character themes you'll remember most character themes boss battles you'll remember most boss battles like if you think about like classic uematsu tracks you're talking about one winged angel yeah like very memorable yeah. Seymour Battle, very memorable. Like the Final Fantasy VIII battle tracks, very memorable. Man with the Machine like Gun. Like Kuja's, Kuja's battle track. Like, yeah, Man with the Machine Gun. Like his, his battle tracks were very synonymous. But his town themes as well. Like Final mm-hmm. Fantasy VIII, sorry, Final Fantasy VII, all the places had very memorable towns, whether it was Cosmic Canyon, Rocket Town, like even like airship crazy. themes. It's crazy when you think about how good the man was with both both sides of the equation like he was just so good with every single kind of track like you need a funny track all right nobu uematsu you need a serious track all right nobu uematsu you need a fighting track all right nobu uematsu like he was just he, even he's like, such i mean a they kind of went like waltz on the moon and yeah. like there were so many different types of music that that kind of came through everything and like then you hear about his stuff with like earthbound papas and uh, black mages and it's just like the man is just so universal but But, yeah what about other composers lauren obviously i mean we've we've kind of talked about shimamura we talked about hamwazi but like if outside of uematsu who who do you feel is kind of the standout composer that's kind of within square enix at the moment i really like ishimoto's work um i i mean i loved his work in uh crisis core but when i fell in love with him it was with type zero i thought that his work with songs like tempest bellum and then even just the main theme of uh final fantasy type zero and um, some of the battle themes within Final Fantasy Type-0, he was just, he had a bit of that spark, that uh, Nobu Imatsu spark, but um, just in his style. like Yeah, I mean, obviously, with Crisis Core and uh, Dissidia, and he did Before Crisis and Last Order, a lot of this, a lot of the work he's done has been around rearranging Uematsu's work. Yeah, and so, surely that I mean that has to have rubbed off on him at some point. Oh yeah, but I mean yeah, like you think Crisis Core, he had that whole vibe about consistency throughout the soundtrack. There's there's a, a running theme throughout that that is very consistent. 
Um, there's lots of kind of individual tracks that people latch on to now. Uh, Kyle, who you guys will obviously remember, the original host of this show, he was he loved the Crisis Core soundtrack and he used to use, um, I think, Price of Freedom in majority yeah. of the work he, he did. <laughs> That's a big one. And uh, yeah, Dissidia, like the, the the main kind of piano theme for Dissidia. The new Dissidia theme is so epic. And it reminds me a lot of, of Final Fantasy Type Zero, really. But no, I, I really do like his work. It was, I mean, Type Zero was the first chance he really got to, to flourish. Yeah. Like it was, you're going to get your own soundtrack to work on. You don't have to pay tribute to everything else. You don't have to like rehash Matsu's work if you don't want to. Obviously, he still did a couple of tracks mm-hmm. that were kind of Final Fantasy classic. But yeah, like a lot of the tracks he composed were so powerful. And the other thing is the fact that he the cons- uh, the main theme and um, the themes throughout the game were consistent. Um, Ace does essentially sing Zero throughout the game. He doesn't he doesn't remember what it means. Um, that's one of the plot points, but he sings the uh, he sings the tune of Zero throughout the game, and so it's just like. Yeah, he did a really, really, really good job with that, and I think that I would love to to see him do another another Final Fantasy game. No, agreed. I think you know, obviously they they got Shimamura to work on Final Fantasy fifteen, but that wasn't supposed to be the case. She obviously inherited that role because she was working on Versus thirteen, and she spin- worked with him in the past. Yeah, but, well. but it was a spin off title, right? Yeah. So when it became fifteen, she obviously continued with the project. Uh, I don't know if the intention was necessarily to have her work on a, a numbered Final Fantasy game, but I would love to see uh, Ishimoto maybe get the chance for the next main game. Yeah. My my kind of personal guy aside is uh, Nao Shimizuta. Uh, there's a couple I could have picked. I mean, I, I don't mind Hamwazi's work. I think yeah. it's kind of a mixed bag. There are some really... He's done some really good work, but um, I think he's quite inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like Kumi Tanioka as well because of the Crystal Chronicles franchise. Oh, look at you. Um, but no, uh, Mizuta... So uh, Tanioka and Mizuta actually worked with Uematsu on Final Fantasy XI. And uh, in, the, in the base game, I'd say that Uematsu's work probably was the stuff I liked the most. It's obviously the opening theme. There's Ron 4, which was a great track. Uematsu did the airship theme as well. Um, whereas Mizuta did a lot of the battle music. Um, and I think he might have done the Sandoria theme. He did a lot of the work around um, the like Windurstian stuff. Uh, and to be honest, a lot of the initial tracks he did in Final Fantasy XI didn't really resonate with me. He was very much known for um repetitive work uh like it's like i think the uh utunga jungle is the epitome of <laughs> like that mizuta at that time it's basically just like an 11 minute track that's just do 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 just <laughs> compelling on, yeah just on repeat and i, mean, I want to hear that at distant worlds oh man <laughs> but i mean like then like uh, Rise of the Dark came around and he, he did Sanctuary of Zitar and that's probably one of my favorite tracks from Final Fantasy XI and I think from that point on when he became like the main composer for XI like he really was able to start experimenting with different things and, and for me like when he took over as the main composer on Final Fantasy XIII Part Two, I was really kind of apprehensive about it but I was really hoping that they'd start giving other people a chance to show mm. what they could do and I, it kind of blew my mind. I did not expect... Uh, 
obviously he'd done some great tracks on Final Fantasy XI, but I did not expect the diversity that he brought to the table with Final Fantasy XIII Part Two. Mm. Uh, like Caius's theme yeah. is so great. Everybody raves about Caius, and, and and then you've got the the kind of the more vocal battle tracks and yeah. like stuff, which just I think no one expected whatsoever. It was yeah. it was kind of out of left field a bit, but it fitted the game perfectly. But also, it's great standalone work too. Mm. Like the like worlds collide, for example, is like it's a great track. Like New Bodum yeah. as well. New Bodum is my favorite, and I love the fact that he worked. Um, oh, her name is her name is escaping me. It's Ariki or something. Yeah, Ariki. Oh, may she rest in peace. But yeah, um, no, it was just yeah the final fantasy 13 2 soundtrack was was really stellar i mean yeah i remember when you first listened to it and you were just like why is there screaming (laughs) what is going on but then like once we actually played the game it was just kind of like oh oh this actually this actually works i probably wouldn't listen to it still but like i still i still really like it whereas i probably would listen to a lot of it now yeah even the screamer yeah well like (laughs) like it I think, yeah, a lot of the music in 13.2 worked really well. And yeah. then obviously he worked on some kind of rearrangements of Hamwazi stuff in the original game. Hamwazi obviously did still work on the game too. But I think like 13.2 was a great, it was a great soundtrack. And I was really happy that he was given the opportunity to, to kind of showcase what he could do on a main series game. Yeah. And, you know, for me, I think Mizuta and Ishimoto would be the standout candidates to work on the next big game yeah. in the franchise, whether it's together or, I mean, it seems to be a more of a consistent thing now where it's kind of more compositional teams as opposed to a standalone. Yeah. Final Fantasy fifteen, for example, had five composers working on it, even though Shimomura is the only one who ever gets Got any recognition. Credit, yeah. um, but I, I I mean, in a post-Uematsu world, I see that those two as is, is kind of a shining light. Yeah. But they don't get much recognition for what they do they're not no. they're not Nobuo Uematsu they're not yeah, they're not, they're Yoko, not Yoko Shimomura no which is really a shame like it's a shame that so much of society has gone this way by like being a name it's not about talent it's about being a name not to say that they're not talented not to say that they're not talented no 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 but it's just a shame that like there's room enough for everybody and you know to just thrive to just be a name it's just a shame that they just don't think that that's worth it especially with music honestly though when when umatsu kind of made the announcement that he was going to step away from the franchise like how did you initially feel about that i mean i i don't really remember i i i think i just wasn't really that concerned if i'm honest i mean i'm not i'm not one to really be too upset with abrupt changes like that i mean the guy had been working on the series for a long long time it was bound to happen at some point if the series continued and you know sakaguchi had already left so like it was just it was just getting to that point where it was like all right you know the the old boys are moving out it's time for the new generation and so when he left, I mean, I was, I guess, a bit concerned, but I had faith that uh, Square Enix hopefully would have somebody better or somebody of the same caliber in mind for the next games. And also the fact that, like, Nobu was still working on stuff occasionally. Well, we didn't know he was going to at that point. Mm. But, like, I mean, the amount of tracks that he's, he had given us, I could listen to Nobu for ages. 
I mean, I was kind of ingrained in the community at that time. Uh, I was part of kind of yeah, Final Fantasy specific forums. <laughs> and, you know, when they announced it, I think everyone was in a bit of shock because they'd been so used to listening to his, his compositional work. Obviously, Ten had um, Hamwazu and yeah. uh, Nakano working on it as well. But, I mean, I personally still feel that Uematsu's work on the Ten soundtrack is by far the best out of the three. Yeah. Hamurazu had a couple of good tracks. I think Nakano did a lot of environmental music. Whereas I wasn't even aware of that fact at, at that time. But I think, like, now, if you listen to the, the tracks by the three individuals, yeah. you can clearly tell which yeah. ones are by which. Um, and I think... When they announced that um, Eguchi and Matsuda were going to be working on Ten Two, I-, I didn't really have an opinion on it. But when I first heard it, it it didn't, it just didn't click. It was it was so different from what I'd heard before. Mm. But then I also didn't factor in the fact that Ten Two is a very different game yeah. than any Final Fantasy that I played before. Like it, obviously, we knew the whole reputation about it being kind of girl power and like all this kind of stuff, but. Like, it was only when I played it that I thought, actually, this soundtrack works really well for this game. Yeah, and I enjoyed the Ten Two soundtrack. Yeah, like, it was fun. It was, like, really upbeat, happy. But then it also had, like, those really emotional tracks. Yeah. It had the Besaid, the new Besaid theme, which was really, really good. And which then, is better. <laughs> and then I only... I mean, I know you really like the Thousand Words um, the thousand words piece that's actually in the game. I prefer the one no, that's no, in the I, end No, no, I credits. love the ending. Like the, the end credits one is fantastic. The orchestra... It's the orchestra- orchestrated version yeah, yeah. With, with Jade. That's wonderful. Um, and uh, so, No, I was yeah. just saying that like the, yeah. the one in-game also made me emotional. Bless you, you sensitive soul. I ha- that, it's It's... Eyes on me's fault. That's what did it. It was like a watershed <laughs> moment. From then on, the, the the tears just keep coming. Oh. Then it was the last samurai. Yeah, the last samurai. Yeah. Although to be fair, when you you showed me that for the first time, I cried buckets as well. The last samurai is one of the greatest films of all time. I just like turned around to Daryl and I was just like, "Why? Why is this happening? Why? <laughs> why is happening?" If you can get through the Last Samurai like all the way to the end without crying at the final scenes, you, I don't even know. You're made of stone. Yeah, you are a a powerful person. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I mean, the the Tenti soundtrack really surprised me. I was kind of, I think I've said before that before. It used to be a thing where I'd listen to the soundtracks before the games came out because it was such a long delay yeah. between the Japanese release. Um, and back like at that point, it did start to become a bit easier to, to get hold of the music. I could import the soundtracks yeah. um, and people used to kind of share them online as well. Um, but like with 10.2, I listened to the soundtrack beforehand. I was just like, no, nah, this just doesn't work. I, I can't, I can't em- envision any of this being in a Final Fantasy world apart from Mount Gagazette. Mm. And then when I played the game, I was just like, all this music works perfectly for this game, apart yeah. from Mount Gagazette. Like, <laughs> what is wrong with this track? <laughs> and then you actually like heard it and was just like, wow, this is actually good. Well, no, I, I, still, don't think Ma- don't I, don't, I still don't think Mount Gagazette works in the game. Like, I think it's the okay. New, as the a, new version. No, I think it's... A, well, there's no new version of 10.2. Oh, sorry. Of of oh, of ten two. Sorry, yeah. I missed that. I'm not talking about ten here. Sorry, ten yeah, is great. Too. Service yeah. of the Mountain. Yeah. This is one of the yeah. best tracks I ever. Yeah, that's why I was like really confused. But yeah, no, Mount Gig is that. I can't even remember how. It's kind of like went. the um. No wait, I think 
I don't know. It's like got the weird accordion sound. Oh, okay. I think I kind of know what you mean. Anyway, anyway. I I just didn't think it worked that well. No, No, I mean, like, yeah, a lot of the tracks were really funky for Fall Fantasy X too. But, like, yeah, in the world, they did did work. Yeah, I mean, like, the Lucas theme was so much... Like more happy and upbeat, and like all of all of the like the town themes were just so <laughs> kind of lively. LeBlanc's uh, manor theme. I mean, Guadalajara still is like the most boring. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know how you make that place interesting, <laughs> but um, like I just I was um. I, it, it gave me a lot of faith, and then obviously Final Fantasy twelve happened. Uh, it really kind of. I don't know, it kind of shook what I expected from the game because, I mean, obviously we're playing the Zodiac Age now and I think I'm a little bit kinder to it now than I perhaps was in the past, but I'm still listening to it thinking a lot of this music sounds great in the game, but I would not want to listen to this anywhere else. Mm. And I still think, like, when they're looking at Distant Worlds and all the concerts, like, I could never imagine them doing a Final Fantasy XII concert because I don't think there's enough music that would work in that environment yeah i mean like for this distant worlds they're doing the esther sands i think and while it's an okay piece of music for the game it's just too scatterbrain like it changes theme or like um focus like every 10 15 seconds there is like a little mini consistent theme that plays throughout it but it's just gonna like what what does this track represent i don't i don't really associate it with a a desert yeah as such yeah, no, I don't. It sounds a bit too epic for what it is. I still like playing through the game this time. I can remember the Esther Sand theme because it's played so frequently, <laughs> um, and I can remember the kind of the the powerful "You're gonna do something great" music, which mm-hmm. is like doom, doom, do 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 do, and that plays more regularly than I thought it did <laughs> from the original playthrough. But they always play quite quiet. I think yeah. it should be louder to like yeah. really kind of swell up the emotion. But other than that, like, I don't really... I remember bits of tracks. Like, we just went... I just got to Balfenheim Port, and I remember little bits of the track, but nothing that I'm going to remember that much. I don't remember most of the character themes. I don't know why, but, like, some of the themes just kind of remind me of Star Wars, but, like, Phantom Menace Star Wars. Mm. Like, not the good tracks, but, like, the sort of incidental tracks. I don't know why. Like, it just... Gives I and I know that you know um, Final Fantasy twelve is frequently compared to a Star Wars plotline, <laughs> uh, but like Star Wars Phantom Menace just just springs to mind when I hear the uh, Final Fantasy twelve soundtrack. It isn't it isn't as strong, and I really think that they kind of picked it up a little bit in Final Fantasy thirteen with at least the battle theme because like the battle theme blinded by light you can is... remember battle by um <laughs> battle by light you can remember blinded by light like you can yeah just i mean it's just like it's straight away straight like that is like epic and some of the other themes are okay i don't even know what the battle theme for final fantasy 12 is i can remember the esp battle theme but yeah. i don't know what the battle theme is yeah and then um what is it but then you have like even Final Fantasy fourteen I think has been doing a really good job of um incorporating the main themes into um some of its battle music. I think I can't I can't quite remember a lot of it, but like it was really good. 
And then um, then that brings us to Final Fantasy fifteen. I wasn't done with 12 yet. Well, were you not done with 12? No, I mean, like... I just thought that I, you were done bashing it. I mean, no, I I was kind of disappointed in the perspective of I, I'd i played Tactics Advance. Uh, obviously, Sakamoto did that soundtrack too. And that was that had lots of memorable themes in it. Like, there was some great, great music. Obviously, he still used similar samples from, from Tactics Advance to 12, like, especially with the kind of orchestrated 12, uh, Tactics Advance soundtrack that's available. Um but there was a lot more there was a lot more thematic development that happened in Tactics Advance mm. and I was expecting a similar thing to happen in 12 but it just it's it just feels too pompous yeah like it just there's themes there but they're not really developed at all like there's not that kind of association you can make like in the yeah. u- like the Uematsu era where it's like this character this theme instantly there like you can kind of even if you hear like the first couple of seconds you know like that's what this associates to yeah this battle theme this boss theme whatever like yeah you can notice it quite yeah it's quickly. like i could i could probably ring through the battle themes for every game like we boss did battle do it normal. when yeah, we were like, in copenhagen we were trying to remember the battle themes for every game and which one didn't have one Final Fantasy 12 i just <laughs> i can i can do the esper battle but i don't know what the normal battle theme is and i don't know what the boss battle theme is that should be one of our quizzes. We just don't do the quiz. We just go through each of the <laughs> themes. But I mean, like, yeah, it's like if they were going to do a Final Fantasy twelve concert, I, I genuinely don't know what they would play. No. Because, like, there are some, like, Rabinaster's got a good theme. Like, Low Town's okay. Aero Village is, is pretty good. Um, but, like, I'm stuck mm. after that. I think the real orchestration has been good, though. Like, I haven't had any problems with it like I did with 10s. No. Rearrangement tracks. No, but that's only because you love 10. It's just because they were bad. Yeah, I know. They were just badly done. I know. Well, not all of them. Yeah. Servants of the North is, is amazingly rearranged. Um, but yeah, so yeah, uh, 15. So yes, 15. I think it, to me, 15 has, has a similar issue mm. to 12. I think it's a better soundtrack than 12, but I still think it has the same problems in terms of like, there's like 14 battle themes. Yeah. To be honest, it's way, I don't remember, I, I, can, I think I can remember a, a fair chunk of the battle themes. If they played, I could probably go along with them pretty easily, but I would not be able to tell you where most of them played because I feel like there's with, so much, like they just blend. I know. Because there's so many. I think like part of the issue with Final Fantasy 15 is that there was just way too many cooks in the uh, kitchen. There's way too many cooks in the kitchen. It should have been just either Yoko Shimomura or somebody else or just two of them. Um, like it's just it's just a shame because like there are some there is some really good stuff. Like Hunter Be Hunted is fantastic and it's Hellfire. Guy who did um a Metal Gear Solid game, isn't it? Yep. What was his name? Suzuki. Suzuki. Like I really loved his So he tracks. did Hunt or Be Hunted and he co-composed Hellfire with mm. Shimomura. And like I thought he, if if him and uh Shimomura had worked together and maybe he just did the battle themes and they like limited how many battle themes they were and then she did the Well to be like, honest, like the battle themes. themes in fifteen are really good. It's just they the are. fact that they they just blend like there's so many of them like you've got one for hunt you've got one for like there's different battle themes for different regions different battle themes for the type of enemy you're fighting Mm. like there's one for like 
different like one for like weak Niflheim people if you're getting ma- meet them on the map there's one for Niflheim bases there's yeah. like there's yeah there's like 14 it's almost or like they took our advice of not playing that uh theme that they always played in episode Death yeah. Guy. It's like, like, oh, they're really annoyed with that theme. Well, let's pump every other theme in there. Take that theme out and just make it. Well, no, they rearranged that one. Yeah, rearrange that one, and then we'll make them really tired of it, and then we'll just throw fourteen at them and hope that they stick. But yeah, no. Because yeah, outside of the the battle themes, I don't really remember too much of the music. No, I kind of remember Hammerhead and the bro theme. And I remember, um, like, yeah, like the Valse di Fantastica and like mm. a couple of those kind of tracks, but like, there's not a, I mean, Noctis's theme, there is a Noctis's theme. I can't really remember the Noctis's theme uh, off the top of my head like or Luna's doom, theme. Doom, 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 But it's like, yeah. Luna, it doesn't Lu- play that much. Luna's theme sounds really like Dearly Beloved. Um, I did like Luna's theme. Mm. When, when I went to the concert, that was probably the, like the, the one at the, out royal or sorry yeah um, but then when i played in the game they they didn't play it properly they kind of took it apart and Abbey did Road. bits and stuff yeah so uh, yeah i mean there it would have been like they missed a shot with like not having like a ravis theme like it's just something you yeah know, but i just don't know how it would have worked because no. like i mean there's not even any really many towns in the game like it's not built in the same way no. as it was and obviously they had the whole thing where they wanted to be open world, so you can't play music in the same way. I, but I think like near near Automata showed you can kind of do that. Like there's yeah. there was very clear pieces of music. Uh, I think near Automata kind the of different levels. Yeah, I think I think that kind of fell apart with the fact that there was like six variations of each track. Yeah, the soundtrack was not good. They should have followed the thing that they did in the first soundtrack. Um, well, just like yeah, the general soundtrack where um, in near. In the first near, they basically just had all the tracks, but they were all blended into one. So uh, the track would start off with like the softest version. And well, they kind of did that in Automata. Version. It's just that was my but kind they of point. Like, done that. There was no, con- I, it was, I didn't want to listen to certain variations of it. Yeah. I wanted to just listen, like in the, in the circus, I wanted to listen to like the vocal one. Yeah. I didn't want to listen to the, the kind of the really subtle, quiet one. Yeah. But anyway, um, where are, we, where are we going with this? Oh I yeah, like, um, there wasn't really any, many too many area themes in fifteen because they couldn't they couldn't have them. It's like, there's just basically Hammerhead and the Stalem. Yeah. There's and the Golden Key. Yeah, which I actually was I was quite um, upset about, like the fact that I was sort of expecting a bit more with um, with the themes, but yeah, wherever you stopped, it was essentially the same the same theme. Yeah. And then just loads of battle themes. And then just loads of battle themes. All yeah. the time. Battle themes all the time. I just wish that Hunter Be Hunted was like the main battle theme. Is that the one that's do, do, do? No, that's another one. Um. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Hunter Be Hunted is the one that's. um. Do... Yeah, no. Oh, crad. Why can't I think of it? Um. Oh, I listen to it like all the time. <laughs> Hunter Be Hunted. Um. The, the one that I just did was the one when, when you get invaded by Niflheim troops, I think. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so I think, like, moving forward, I would prefer them to to go down a more thematic route with things. Like, it's so you have clear themes that are associated to characters and events and, like, and towns and all these different things. Don't play it now, you're fine. You also just got The Witcher instead. I know, I hate that with The Witcher 3 has a same 
It, it's like so blatant that they stole things from The Witcher 3. They even have a song that's the same. Um, the same title. Yeah, that, that that's kind of my hope. That I, I, But I think Final Fantasy XV kind of suffered from the fact that there was a soundtrack written over a decade. Mm. And you, I think I've said before, but you have to consider the fact that as a professional, especially an artist, over a decade, your craft will change so much. Yeah. Like the work that um, uh, sorry, Shimamura was doing in 2006 would be so different from the work that she's doing in 2016 the work that she was doing back when she was working on street fighter was completely different yeah like, like street fighter 2 she, is completely different soundtrack. she would have she would have changed her compositional style and like made tweaks and adjustments and stuff and the problem was that she was working with a game that kept changing like yeah. we know that their story was being changed almost like on a was it monthly basis or something ridiculous mm-hmm. and then obviously when tabata took over things got a bit more clear but we don't know how much work she'd already done at that point or how much she had to redo. Ah, uh, that's it. Do, 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 Yeah. Thanks, Larry. Gotcha. 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 Um, so, yeah, like the, I think that's pretty much the end of our discussion mm-hmm. with that. Yeah, ended with Hunter Be Hunted. I remembered it. With the well, synths of your own. Only that part. That's like the only <laughs> one that has synths in it, isn't it? Huh? That's the only one that has synths in it, isn't it? I guess so. I'm not yeah. sure. Um, yeah, so that, that's pretty much the end of our discussion. I hope you guys enjoyed our kind of retrospective about the music. Um, yeah. We've talked about a lot of stuff. Talked about a lot of stuff. We did. Uh, so we've actually got um, uh, a kind of cover for the, uh, the music for the end of this episode. It's by Project Genesis on YouTube, uh, and they're covering a track from Type Zero as selected by Lauren. It's Apostles of the Crystal. It's a guitar cover, so I hope you guys enjoy that. The next episode of Final Fantasy Union is scheduled to come out on the 22nd of August, the day before Gamescom starts. So We have such great timing. We'll see what happens with that. Hopefully, I mean, they may do uh, a kind of precursor like they did for E3, Mm. or they may maybe just wait till the show is happening. Yeah, they'll just announce everything the day before. But yeah, we're expecting some more stuff to happen between the next episode now and the next episode, basically. So we'll, we'll see. But yeah, obviously be sure to subscribe to Final Fantasy Union on the iTunes store if you just search for Final Fantasy whatever they're about and be sure to check out our YouTube channel as well Final Fantasy Union FF Union vids uh, we're past the 30,000 subscriber mark now and, it's so uh, crazy yeah I can't believe that we're past 30,000 we're posting up stuff that we we did a massive Final Fantasy 15 consumer survey uh, a community survey so we had over 2,500 people take part in that and we've been analysing what everyone thought about Final Fantasy 15 actually music I think was the, the, the area where everyone thought it, the game outdid itself mm. that was like the one thing where everyone thought this worked yeah so with us saying we didn't think it worked that well <laughs> what yeah, does yes. that mean for everything yeah, else yes. i know i would no i still think the music was great i just think it could have been better yeah no i, I agree uh obviously check out the website as well finalfantasyunion.com Braden is still posting up news coverage Thank when you, it actually Brayden. happens square do small stuff Yes. do more stuff that we can talk about and of course if you really want to support us on Patreon uh, and help the show continue and help us get better equipment and all that kind of stuff then please head over to our Patreon which is patreon.com forward slash ffkhunion alright guys I think it's time for us to say our farewells goodbye and I'm Daryl saying goodbye this has been a finalfantasyunion.com production <laughs> <laughs>